needs to sit back. The doctor should look at it as soon as possible. It is the way in which we propagate our species. Hello, welcome to Casual Trek. Would you like a jelly baby? My name is Marzui Lobato, a traveler in space and time, writer, podcaster, and a John Pertwee fan. Hi, I'm Charlie Etheridge Nunn. I'm a very casual Doctor Who fan, and once dressed as Roger Delgado for a party. As you can tell from the unexpected role reversal we're taking for this episode, we're going into uncasual waters as we talk about my greatest obsession, Blake 7. No, not really. I will continue to pepper in my Blake 7 obsession throughout the regular show. Thank you very much. But today we're here to hopefully, briefly, talk about Doctor Who and the most recently aired episode, the final episode of Jodie Whittaker's tenure as the Doctor, The Power of the Doctor. Charlie, what is your history with Doctor Who? First of all, I'm terrified. This feels like it's going to be a very uncasual track here. Um, so my history with the Doctor was mostly catching a few minutes of a Sylvester McCoy episode um, when I got in from Scouts. And while waiting for Red Dwarf. Wait, you're a scout? Yeah, I was a scout. I was part of the 48th. That's that's a terrifying thought. Because I can't imagine you as a... I can't imagine you as a child. So I'm just <laughs> kind of imagining the man you are now with um, shiny slap head and all, dressed in a very tight Boy Scout outfit. Oh. We're from Brighton. Of course I've imagined, I can imagine this. Of course. No, I had very long hair. And I did learn mob violence. Uh, through Scouts. So, yeah, it was good fun. Wait, Mob Violence or Mob Rules, the Black Sabbath song? Uh, Mob Violence. Okay. Yep. Anyway, uh, that was it for years, and I never really bothered with Doctor Who because I'm a really terrible British nerd. I, I mostly watched the american tv shows like your star treks and your buffies and the american comics like your x-men's and um and then i tried watching doctor who i when the reboot first happened where with christopher eccleston i was up a hill uh wandering on the south downs and i got a text from my mum who has weird or had weird sci-fi tv show radar and she said to me, um, there's a the brand new Doctor Who on this evening. You should probably check it out. And I was like, that's the last bit of battery on my mobile phone. If you see a skeleton in a loud high silk shirt and some some like um patterned shorts on the South Downs, it's because of it, it's because of Doctor Who. And um I watched an episode. I survived the hill just in case anyone uh, was in suspense about that and got back and I watched the first episode and it was fine. It didn't do anything massive to uh, to impress, but it was all right. It had mannequin things and I'm used to acts. My dad collects them. So, you know, I could relate slightly to it. And then I missed a couple of episodes and I saw one where farting aliens 
take over London. And I switched off and I didn't watch it after that. And it was only when a friend of mine, Steve, um, was talking about Farscape and how... Is this Steve? No, no, different Steve. I, I know many Steves. So he was talking about Farscape and an episode where John Crichton had to get his hands in some alien vomit to get the DNA to press like controls on a ship. And every time I said I was saying, no, Farscape's good, actually, he'd go vomit hands. And I realized he did that with the same level of immediate disgust and writing off of a TV show that I did by going, but farting aliens take over London. I was like, shit, I'm going to have to watch it, aren't I? And this was just as... I think it was a December and a few months time. There was going to be a new doctor. There was going to be Matt Smith and there was going to be Karen Gillan. And these were both great reasons to watch a TV show. So I, uh, I played through Assassin's Creed 2 and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood while watching every modern who episode. And I came upon the realization that, the high highs are so much better than how bad the low lows of Doctor Who are. And there are a lot of those, a lot of both of those. Uh, can I, it, it just changes genre. Can I quickly interrupt? Oh, yeah. Um, on the subject of farting aliens take over London, Uh-oh. we are in a year where Boris Johnson was kicked out of, of the Prime Minister role. So RTD, ahead of his time. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, I I have I was a latecomer to Who and even though I've been a bit more sporadic in watching during the Jodie Whittaker era, um I think series her second series I didn't watch for ages because my partner Emma kind of gave up on on watching it. So it stopped becoming a, a regular weekly sort of thing. And I just finished watching it in my own time um maybe a few weeks before flux and then i caught flux and i liked the premise and did not care for a lot of the payoff sadly yeah flux is flux reminds me of a big uh, comic book summer crossover where you have the big storyline going on but like the important plot beats are taking place in tie-in titles. So if you're not like reading the tie-ins, you miss kind of what's going on because information is being dropped. And I swear information was being dropped in no tie-ins just between the episodes. So it gets very confusing. Yeah. I think I think this series, the uh the Jody Whitaker run, uh similar to most of the Capaldi run feels like an actor who's good and a supporting cast, most of whom I like, um, being given inadequate material to work with. You know, the one series I loved of Capaldi who was um, with uh, Bill and with him as a kind of weird teacher lecturer sort of thing and God help me, even Matt Lucas was all right. Even Matt Lucas. Even, even Matt even Lucas. Not, even not doll. Um, 
so yeah, that one was that one was was good, like a generally solidly good run. But Capaldi had a problem because he started, and it felt like he was in the middle of a run. He it felt like he was in the middle of Moffat trying to do a thing, and he never got the clean slate that um, Eccleston got that um, that Smith got, and it was a real shame. And then with Whitaker, she was a good start. Um, and personally, uh, on a on a personal note, it was one of those rare times where I've seen a character in a TV show who is dyspraxic, like me, with Ryan. And even though it's something that rarely comes up, um, just seeing that there um hit me way harder than i thought it would and at the end of that episode you know i'm very much one of those people that views that you know representation matters and all that and seeing for myself my own uh disability on screen it's like shit this is why we need better representation for everyone like not just for for the like medically cack-handed like myself but um for everyone and um that was great to see and again sadly it rarely got referred to after that point uh, i really liked his relationship with um, the rest of us oh god what was it was it graham graham his 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 granddad um graham who's a lot, who's a lot of fun um yes yeah and um even the the new guy, who much like Graham's actor, the uh, the new guy is someone from uh, British TV and culture that I don't know, and heard a lot of people worried about, and was like, "Yes, he's all right." Yeah, yeah. How have you found this last run before the oh, Power of the okay. Doctor? I I am going to be obnoxious and somehow get through my longer history of Doctor Who. No. In a shorter time than you. I thought we'd skip that because I figured it was out of the womb, Dot Tom Baker scarf. Nope, nope. Even though I am wearing the lovely Tom Baker scarf my wife bought for me one Christmas. Rihanna, love you, honey. Um, I actually became a Doctor Who fan back during the 30th anniversary of the show, around about 1993, with repeats of the John Pertwee Schlockfest Planet for the Daleks, which is a lot of fun. Um, sadly, I watched Doctor Who, like, when it wasn't on TV, so watched, like, videos, read, you know, read the title novelizations, read The Virgin, New Adventures, which were a much older audience than I should be. Fun fact, in my old primary school, I stumbled across a copy of the New Adventure book, Transit, where someone refers to having swallowed cum. Oh. I am not kidding. I am not kidding. What? I am not kidding. I know. Um, the 90s were a time. Actually? Just like, oh, hello. I, I need some tea to wash the cum out. Um, it was a lot more punky than that. Um, so, yeah, like, I kind of drifted on and off for a bit. Um, then the new series came back, and then, like, you know, I I never left the fold. And, love you know, love the show. Love all the Doctors. The sad truth is about Doctor Who is, as you said, you know, 
Capaldi and Whittaker are good are great actors having to lift the quality of some very dire scripts. The the honest hot take is that that's been Doctor Who's um a basic operating standard since 1963. I really enjoy Whittaker in the role. Yeah. I worry that she's going to come out like the Colin Baker of the modern era in which not even the skills of Whittaker as an actor can survive the lows. Like, she has a strong first season, but then, like, the second season in Flux, really, those the highs are still there, but they are few and far between amongst some very staggering lows. Yeah, so I've not yet seen Power of the Doctor. I uh, The fates conspired, and I just haven't been able to get round to it. We found an opportunity here. Because I got many veiled messages from you. And one thing spoiled by someone posting a, a kind of a meme referencing a thing that I I managed to put two and two together and go, oh no, he's not, has he? Uh, so I've got a vague inkling about some of the events that have gone on with this with this finale. I was hoping to to be enlightened to find out what on earth happened and is it worth me rushing out immediately to watch it is it worth me just i don't know bothering at some point um much like when i finally watched attack for clones while doing some hoovering and some general tidying just to get it over with before um a work outing to revenge of the sith Okay, capsule review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. You should watch it. Okay. Uh, non-capsule review. Yeah, it's fun. You should watch it. But um, for our listeners, I'm going to for the first. I think the first time ever in this show, um, say that you will be spoilt because we're actually talking about a bit of TV which actually aired within the last month. So if you listen to this episode, you will you will be spoiled because it is difficult to talk about the plot of the... Okay, no. The plot of The Power of the Doctor is quite simple. Okay. The Master is up to his bullshit, and the Doctor and gang have to stop him with some old friends we've met along the way. Right. What actually goes on on in the story is a bit of a mess and this is something that has kind of cropped up in the Chibnall era of Who in which he is throwing a lot of ideas at the wall and they're, and they're good ideas and none of it's ever given a chance to breathe and one of the things I said to you was that this was the Jeff Loeb equivalent of Doctor Who um, yeah. for folks at home can you sum up Jeff Loeb and the problem with Jeff Loeb, which isn't the racism? Okay, I was going to say, is do you mean that the episode got weird about Asian people? Um, but if we're if we're putting a pin in the racism, um, Jeff Loeb is a man who likes a big roller coaster ride, likes a big event which is accessible to people, but ultimately, when you've read one, you've read all of them. He will create a mystery 
and it will generally be the same mystery, which is who did the thing, often a murder. It's for it's one of the people I killed early on and repeat. But he wants the big hits. He wants Batman Long Halloween slash Batman Hush as a roller coaster ride of all of the big hits of the uh, Batman villains for Batman roster, supporting cast members, cameos. And is the resolution going to be any of them? No, it's going to be this other thing that, again, got murdered earlier. See also Hulk, see also like so many mysteries he's done. And in listening to an interview with him on Word Balloon, where he was saying about, I think this was during Infinite Crisis, and there was still floating the, the death of Nightwing, and all the rumours got leaked about that. And he was like, shouldn't be a Nightwing comic. Shouldn't be a Robin comic. Why would you have comics like that? You need, just for big hits, you need Batman, because he's the AAA big star. And you need to get every villain in, because that'll get everyone's eyes on it. You need to get... And it's when every single story is a big event that involves every villain and every supporting cast member and every big thing, they all kind of blur together. And you have a Nightwing because there are stories you can have with him that you can't with Batman. And don't get me wrong, he got his wish. Like 50% of the DC line these days is Batman comics. But, um... but Nightwing has one thing that Bruce Wayne doesn't. And that's that ass. Yeah. His butt. Yeah. Like I, I, I am I am all I am I I am all about Dick Grayson's ass. I mean I think a lot of the DC uh roster is as well. <laughs> look, look it, it's it's basically its own thing. I'm expecting a DC crisis event about something horrible happening to Nightwing's butt and the DC universe rallying together to save those pert cheeks. But honestly, what you've just summed up about Jeff Loeb is kind of, unfortunately, what happens in this story. You have the Master is up to his tricks. Um, for some reason, this involves him disguising himself as Rasputin. The only right. reason I, I can see it that he disguised himself as Rasputin is so when he gets the Doctor in his big trap, he can dance to Ra Ra Rasputin, which is one of the best parts of the show because you've got a Dalek and a Cyberman watching as the, as the Master is cutting up to disco music, complete with a disco ball in St. Petersburg, and there's a point where the Dalek and the Master and the Cybermen look at each other. And it's honestly comedy gold. Hang on, so this actually happens. This isn't Miles fanfic moment. This is actually no, a thing that no. happens. Actually, this actually happens. And it's honestly brilliant. <laughs> like okay. that's the thing. There, um but at the same time, you have a Cyberman plot involving a moon they cyber converted, and also the Daleks are drilling into volcanoes in present-day Earth to destroy the Earth using volcanoes. Okay. These are three separate plots, which none ever really get a chance to breathe. Um, at the same time, a Dalek contacts the Doctor in secret and says, I've been doing some thinking, 
The Daleks were originally built to preserve the colored race, and we have gone so far off our mission statement that we need to die as a species. Will you help me? And this, this is a brilliant idea. Yep. This is honestly a legitimately good idea. Yeah. But it lasts about five minutes. Oh. The Master's grand plan is to basically do a big switcheroo with the Doctor and take over the Doctor's body and then become the Doctor and ruin the Doctor's reputation. Why the Master needs to steal the Doctor's body to begin with mm. is never explained, and he, and he could just dress up as the Doctor, claim to be the Doctor, and ruin the Doctor's good name. Yeah. The plan succeeds, and Sachua Darwin, a name I'm sure I'm slaughtering, is greatest the master. Oh, yeah. And he kind of steals the show, because when he becomes the Doctor, he dresses up in um, a hodgepodge of all of the Doctor's clothes, the scarf, the question mark uh, jumper from Sylvester McCoy, the, the, bit, the ceremonial vegetable from the Peter Davidson era, and at one point even pulls out Patrick Troughton's recorder and has a little toothle on it, and it's, the, it's great. See, I would have said, just just dress him up like a, a wacky supply teacher. Um, make him have his own Doctor-like affectations as a mockery of the Doctor. Because just, yeah, just dress in something slightly yeah. wacky. And you could parody Doctorness quite easily. When he steals the Doctor's body, he's dressed in the Jodie Whittaker outfit. Yeah. And so like, the actor is clearly having the time of his life hmm. as well as he should. Yeah. But then that plot point kind of gets kind of gets rectified because um, the, doc the, the master seals the doctor's body, forcing the doctor to regenerate. The Jodie Whittaker ends up in a mindscape of the, do of the doctor's mind where she encounters previous incarnations of the doctor. We get... Um, Peter Davidson, we get Colin Baker, we get Sylvester McCoy, we get Paul, we get Dishy Dishy Paul McGann, and we get David Bradley, who played the first Doctor in oh, Twice yes. Upon a Time, and then played William Hartnell in the TV special and Adventure in Time and Space. Yeah. So we get some nice little scenes, we get some nice little cameos with the Doctor. Meanwhile, in plot five, Unit has been a you know there's some the Master is up to antics in the present day and. Ace and Tegan are brought in from the classic series to help out. Ace is one of my favorite companions. Right. Tegan is not. Ah. Um, it's just that Tegan, they never really give Tegan a personality beyond complaints about everything and basically saying no to everything. And as any improv performer knows, a character who says no can ruin a scene dead. Meanwhile, Ace is turns up, she has her magic baseball bat, which got destroyed back in Remembrance of the Daleks, so that's that's a continuity error. She has her explosives, she calls the Doctor Professor as, as Ace always did, and I love it. Like, this is pandering to me. I usually hate pandering, but if this is pandering to me, I love it. I don't care. So while the Doctor is indisposed and Yaz is trying to sort this out... Oh, yeah! Yaz and Dan, the present companions. 
Um, Dan? Yeah, Dan almost dies in the first five minutes, and he just goes, you know what? I'm good. I'm going off on a date. You don't need to pick me up. See you, bye bye And he nopes out until the end of the episode. Oh, okay. I liked this, because in Modern Who, whenever the companion has to leave the Doctor, it's usually a, a big drama, a big emotional drama roller coaster, which we've kind of seen before at this point. So it's nice to have it kind of be how sometimes companions left in the classic show, which is, we're not renewing your contract, we're just going to write you out at the end of this story. And wherever you are in space and time, that's it now. I, I just fell in love with this guy who was completely wrong for me. I'm going to stay here and get married. That's how they wrote Leela out. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, we're writing out the character played by Peter Purvis. You're just going to stay and help this society rebuild. Do you have a choice in the matter? No. Bye. So I think like how the episode is being written, they mm-hmm. weren't sure if they were going to get a pickup of a new season. So a lot of this very much reads as we kind of have to wrap it all up. We kind of have to write the characters out. Um, not knowing that Rossi T. Davies is going to come back yeah, and, and bring back the show with Shuti Gatwa in time for the 60th anniversary. So they are trying to do a lot. It's fun. The story is a lot of fun. The emotional, for the most part, the emotional beats happen and they're sweet. Due to technical jig- jiggery-pokery, um, when Tegan and Ace are on their own, doing their own little plot things, um, they have holographic rep meetings with the Jodie Whittaker Doctor, which then turn into their Doctors. So we get to have uh, Janet Fielding and Peter Davidson have a last scene, and it's sweet, and we get to have Sophie Aldred and Sylvester McCoy have a last scene, and that's it's kind of beautiful because you know what the best part about the Sylvester McCoy era of Doctor Who is the chemistry Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred clearly have of each other and Mm. Sylvester McCoy is is a much better actor than a lot of people sometimes give him credit for and it's really sweet Yaz is just mooning after the Doctor because we've decided that Yaz is in love with the Doctor but they're not going to do anything about it because reasons. Because the doctor, the doctor rarely does anything about it with for many for many crushes from companions. Yeah, and, you know we keep we keep doing this. Yeah, that's the problem with modern Doctor Who is that we keep having to, we keep being in this situation where the Doctor has an unrequited romance with his companion which, when they get torn apart, never to be seen again, will be devastating. We have the Doctor having to make a choice to do a big explosion, to basically have to go through the Time War, blowing up Gallifrey again, but then someone will leap in and pull the lever instead of the Doctor because we can't have the Doctor sacrifice themselves. Yeah, The power of the Doctor is a good story, but the moment you kind of stop to think about it, you start going, but how how does any of this fit together? Right. And that's sad 
exactly the problem that it sets up so much that the re the resolution feels rushed. You you could have taken out the Cybermen, you could have taken out the Daleks, and by doing that, you would have actually had scenes where the characters have to stop and have actual emotional arcs and plot beats and storylines. And then you can actually have the characters having actions of their own, which aren't dictated by, we have to make the plot go forward. Yeah. Jodie Whittaker manages, you know, comes back, kicks the master back into his own body, and then goes, okay, I am going to sort all of these problems and never at one point stopping to kind of sort out my own emotional trauma. Which is kind of par for the course for how the Jodie Whittaker character of the Doctor operates as someone who keeps moving and keeps acting and is able to sort out all the big universe-ending threats, but never once stopping to actually deal with their own emotional baggage. Yeah. And it was quite a lot of emotional baggage for this incarnation of the Doctor because of all the timeless child there are more regenerations of the Doctor than we ever knew. The Doctor actually is not a Time Lord, but because of having the power of infinite regenerations, this was how the Gallifreyans were able to build Time Lord society. As we saw in season, I think, 12, with the Timeless Child so arc. I quite, despite being fairly down on, on a bunch of things... Uh, during that era, I quite liked that all as an idea. It wasn't needed I... to be explained, but it no. it was fine. It was good. I I liked it. I think when it was introduced, it pissed people off because yeah. hey, it Chibnall just kind of throws in a, a cannon grenade, and for the point of hey, let's just bring in some new unexpected tangle to the Doctor's backstory. Because the Doctor is a mysterious character whom we know too much about. Yeah. Like, this has a... It, it helped fix a lot of the regenerative stuff as well as adding some mystery, but... But, you know, the thing is, the Doctor's canon has been... has basically been something that we... Um, that over the 60 years of Doctor Who has essentially been Superboy primed throughout its entire run. Like, originally, the regenerate the ability to regenerate is a TARDIS function. That's how it's explained in The Power of the Daleks when William Hartnell becomes Patrick Troughton. Then, when it happens again, it's something the Time Lords do to him when he gets exiled to Earth. Then, from then on, it's implied to be something Time Lords can naturally do. And at that point, there is no set life limit. It's even implied in the Brain of Morbius that there have been faces of the Doctor before William Hartnell. Yeah. And you, know, you have people complaining, that this doesn't make William Hartnell the first designer. No. William Hartnell was the first actor to play Doctor Who. Hmm. Numbering stuff is mostly for branding uh, and for, you know, just so we know which Doctor is in said book. Has, okay, this this may be something that's been covered in 
either the bits that I've not seen or I've forgotten it from the ones that I have because I've seen the first two and a half Doctors and then Eccleston onwards. Do they ever refer in canon to the numbering? They really do not. No. They make in in the stories they make like at the best you can the best you have is in the the Matt Smith episode the um the lodger with James Corden um he headbutts James Corden to give him an info dump and he waves a hand in front of his face and goes 11 and that's kind of the closest we've had okay. um there's there has been there was some stuff in the books in the novels where the do- where the Sylvester McCoy incarnation of the Doctor refers to himself as Eighth Man Bound because there's this Gallifrey game where you kind of mentally look ahead to see your future generations and towards the end of those novels when he goes off to become Paul McGann he refers to himself as Eighth Man Bound and so right. you have some references in expanded universe stuff but there was never any kind of concrete, this is the number of the Doctor in the original show. Okay. There's a reference in the TV movie when he refers to being to the close to the end of his seventh life, but that's really it. I'm sure that I've missed something because there's been 60 years of this shit. I'm going to well, yeah, forget yeah. stuff. It just hit me for the first time there. Is the majority of this just a hell of our own making as fans uh, with with a lot of that kind of nonsense? See, the, the thing that Do- you know, the thing about Doctor Who canon yeah. is that there is no, there shouldn't there is no real canon because everything contradicts itself. It's a show where time travel exists and time can be time can be rewritten. Um, Atlantis has been destroyed three separate ways in the TV show alone, Mm -hmm. none of which kind of correspond to each other. How the the history of the Daleks makes no, kind of doesn't really work. Is the term TARDIS the actual name for the vehicle, or is it the name given to it by the Doctor's granddaughter, Susan? The Doctor having children is something as like, does the Doctor have children? Does the Doctor fuck? You know, I'm not even going to go into looms. If I go into looms, we will be here for a regular length episode. Oh, dear God. Instead of this one we're trying to do. Looms, don't ask. So, yeah, the Doctor saves the day. Let's get back to this. But the Doctor gets zapped by an energy creature. Oh, yeah. There was an energy creature. What? Is this a sixth storyline? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's an energy creature now. It's an energy creature. The Doctor gets zapped. The Doctor's going to die. This is kind of abrupt. Unlike the very drawn-out regeneration of uh, David Tennant Mm. or, um, or Matt Smith. And so... The doctor goes, yep, I'm going to regenerate. Um, Yaz, I know you're in love with me, and I know you don't want this to end, but I think you should leave. And so Yaz is kind of 
kicked out of the TARDIS. It's some really... Again, if we had maybe five more minutes and not had, like, both Cybermen and Daleks, we could have had a nice little scene where Yaz and the Doctor get to talk about their feelings. But no. Instead, we get a nice little scene where the Doctor and Yaz sit on top of the TARDIS, watching the Earth from space, eating ice cream, and then Yaz, is, then Yaz leaves. And the Doctor right. goes off to regenerate. Um, oh, by the way, Graham turns up. Oh, okay. He needs ice in a volcano, and they fight Daleks. You forgot about the fact that the Daleks were drilling into the Earth's core to cause to cause earthquakes to destroy the Earth, didn't you? I figured it had sorted itself out, to be honest. Um, Ace does what Ace always does, which is blow shit up. Because like that's that's how Ace always deals with her problems mm. is blow is blowing shit up. Ace's character arc Ace is a really good character because she is a female character who is angry and it, and the show doesn't punish her for being angry. At best, the, sh the show goes, you are right to be angry at racism and injustice and Nazis. But instead of just blowing shit up because you're angry, you need to learn to direct this anger to make sure you're blowing up the right thing. Okay. And But yeah, like the, everyone saves the day. Everybody lives except the doctor. Um, the, the episode ends with Graham... And Dan, who somehow met up between, you know, between like scenes, and starting a um, a group of former companions of the Doctor. I was going to say a support group. <laughs> yeah, so we get some nice cameos from Joe Grant, who turned up in the Sarah Jane Adventures, and is always good to see. We get to see Bonnie Langford as Mel, which makes no sense because um, she should be out in deep space. With the conman criminal Sabalom Glitz. And of course we get Ace, Tegan, and a appearance from the one of the first companions, William Russell, Ian Chesterton himself, oh. who is kind of surprised that the Doctor is a she. Of course, as um, other Doctor Who fans have joked on Twitter, um, Ian is probably surprised at the idea that these people travel with the Doctor by chance and by choice, and weren't just kidnapped by the Doctor like he and Barbara were way back in 1963. It's a sweet little scene. And the Doctor regenerates on a mountainside by the setting sun, and the Doctor and Jodie Whittaker regenerates into some Scottish guy called David Tennant. Yeah. that. So it's not a yeah. plot, like a a specific plot element that made that happen. She just regen regenerates kind of backwards into 10. It's been implied in the Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary special, it's implied that at some point the Doctor will regenerate into an elderly Tom Baker and retire and become the curator of yeah. the undergallery we saw so and it's been implied that the doctor might sometimes regenerate into past versions of himself so this isn't something that hasn't been brought up or referenced it's just kind of a surprise and 
it doesn't help that in the kind of spin-off material of Doctor Who, especially with the Titan comics, the 13th Doctor has met the 10th Doctor a lot. Yeah. And it's it, it feels like, even though, you know, I trust Russell T. Davies as an as a writer, that there's going to be that he's going to have come up with a decent reason to have David Tennant back. I think the main reason might be because Shuti Gatwa um, has been filming Barbie, um, oh. the movie with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And I'm sure I think he's also under contract for one more season of Sex Education. I think it's so we can get fresh Doctor Who content. Hate using the word content. So he, you know, so we're not in a huge rush because one of the problems I found with modern Doctor Who is that the new production crew hmm. and actually usually the production crew in general have been writing and working on a very tight deadline. Um, Rossi T. Davis, in his book, The Writer's Journey, has spoken about how he was still writing Journey's End while they were shooting Journey's End. And the fact that the only reason why we get a Metacrisis Doctor in Journey's End, a second Tenth Doctor, is because the plot needed, essentially, the the Doctor, David Tennant Doctor, to be in two separate places at once. So quick, clone the Doctor. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hoping that this huge break hmm. will give them a chance to kind of focus on making sure the stories are top notch. Yeah, because I feel that's always been a problem with Doctor Who is that the writing suffers from just the speed of production, and I feel like one of the big problems with both Flux and and the power of the Doctor is that you're clearly having to work around COVID restrictions. So obviously you're going to have very small casts doing separate plot stuff. Hmm. Unfortunately, that kind of leads to stories feeling very disjointed. Okay. See, I I'd seen someone um, online going, "Oh yes," uh, the kind of meme about, "Oh." someone waking from a coma and thinking it was the past and someone testing and going, who's, who's the current doctor? Uh, well, obviously it's David Tennant. Um, but I have a lot of fondness for the RTD ninth, 10th doctor kind of runs. I had a lot of good stuff and that's how I like binging those was how I first got into it. But like with so many things I've seen in comics, say like the return of uh, Christopher Claremont to any X-Men kind of run or anything like that, is those diminishing returns and that want for pandering to nostalgia in a way that's not constructive, you know, that gives us things like the X-Men Revolution era or... Um, kind of the, the time that he was working through and with Alan Davis uh, prior to the Morrison run. And yeah, those kind of... The fear of a backslide was increased by hearing about Tenant, And I hoped there was like a, oh, actually, this is going to be that alternate 
one from elsewhere or yeah. there's going to be some re some kind of glitch or something that's gonna cause this and then we'll get our our 14th doctor. i i think from from how it's done mm. i get the feeling that him that the doctor regenerating into david tennant isn't expected and might actually be a problem um when he regen when the doctor regenerates the clothes change uh-huh. Which is something okay. When William Hartnell regenerated into Patrick Troughton, the clothes changed, but since then, the clothes have never changed with the regeneration. Right. So, and with the brief trailer with David Tennant, I think there is a plot reason. Cool. I trust RTD as a writer. I trust he will make it work. The tenth Doctor, out of the modern Doctors is honestly my least favorite. That has never been a slight against David Tennant, the actor. I think David Tennant is a fantastic actor. He's the only Doctor I've actually met, which makes a lot of my friends very jealous. But as the 10th as Doctor went along, I really don't like where his character goes. Yeah. So I am kind of wary, but I know that I will have fun. Okay. Like, they're... Like... They they have to spectacularly fuck up Doctor Who to make me not watch. Hmm. I have not in there have been times when I've not enjoyed watching Doctor Who. Yep. After Flux, and I do listen occasionally to Big Finish, the 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 company who do the Doctor Who audio dramas. Hmm. And after a particularly bad one, that and Flux, I did kind of go right. I need a break from Doctor Who, and spent. A couple of months like not consuming any doctor who because you need a break you need to be able to have a break from the from the things that you love you need to have a break when my parents um asked me why i did a star trek podcast instead of a doctor who podcast my response was i already spend too much time obsessing about doctor who online um i don't need to do more of that i like the casualness of casual trek this isn't a plug I just like being able to kind of... That said, I do find it funny that the thing I watch most of nowadays is Star Trek because of this bloody podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's It's been interesting purposefully trying to keep it casual and saying yeah. things like, oh, I could watch all of this. It's just like, that's not very casual, though, is it? It's like, you're right. Okay, I'm going to right. pull it back. Yeah, of course. It's all right. I'll just yeah. be over here with the X-Men comics. So, um, to wrap it up, I would give it out of out, on a scale out of 14 on a scale of 14 doctors. Yep. With number 14 being Shooty Gatwa, not David Tennant again. On a okay. scale of 14 doctors, um fifth, 16 actually six, no, scale of 16 doctors because I'm going to include World Doctor and the other doctor count. <laughs> I'm going to include John Hurt. And I'm going to include Joe Martin, who does get a cameo in this, Ooh, and I want to see cool. more of that Doctor. Um, on a scale of one to four, one to sixteen Doctors, sixteen being the highest, I'm going to give this a a ten uh, a ten out of sixteen Doctors. It's good, but like my opinions on the tenth Doctor itself, I have niggles. Hmm. So. Have I persuaded you 
to watch this sooner rather than later. Okay, now I have a question for you. Okay. How long is this episode? <laughs> it is actually... 90, it's like, it's feature length, so it's 90 okay. minutes or so. It's like a feature length episode. Okay. Yeah, I was scared too. Um, um, because I, this episode was to celebrate the centenary of the BBC. Yeah. To celebrate 100 years of, of glorious Auntie Beeb herself. Huh. Because, yeah, with this six plots and all of these kind of different things, it felt like this isn't going to be just an hour. Like, this is... No. They're going to have to do... Spend some time on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's that tricky thing, because just talking about it has got me more in the mood for a bit of Doctor Who. You know, I... While I feel I will probably be disappointed by the amount of Jeff Loebness of all of the kind of throw it all um, up the wall, we have to have a Dalek plot because Dalek, we have to have a Cyberman plot because Cyberman, and then we've got all these other things. Like I'm, I admit, I'm mostly saw people like Ace in those five minutes before Red Dwarf. Uh, that I was, yeah. that I saw of of Doctor Who. So I'm, I'm not going to get spiked through the heart with as much nostalgia as you with this. But, um, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's like there was a huge chunk of nostalgia bait, which and I enjoyed it, which is annoying for me because I am the guy who hates being. I I hate yeah. nerdy pandering. I, you know, I I. I dislike the earnest clinification of science fiction and nerd culture these days as seen online. Hmm. That said, the pandering worked, Sumi. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully that means it's, it's an effective episode, whether or not you are someone that, uh, that has ties to all of that. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out, um, probably soon, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully by the time this airs, I'll be able to report afterwards and go, it was good, or, eh, 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 which I've and... had plenty of eh episodes, so, uh, we'll see. Um, I have now seen the power of the Doctor, and we, we figured I'd provide a little a little report back on my findings, uh, especially after Miles sold it so well. Okay, so the power of the Doctor, yes, was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, I mean it always is with the Doctor. It feels like so. Okay, first of all. The many different storylines seemed a little less confusing, uh, seeing it for myself. Uh, it all ultimately tied up to 
the master doing stuff. And as much as I have a big fear of turning the master into the Joker, at the same time, he was performed very well, very good fun. He actually did for Ra Ra Rasputin, which had a few moments of wondering whether or not you were lying to see what I would believe, because frankly, at this point with Doctor Who, I'd believe pretty much anything from you. The cameos, at least the old school cameos, I'm pleased I was forewarned about because I didn't I didn't know offhand who they were. So the fact it took a little while to actually say, oh, yes, this is Tegan and Ace. I was a little lost um, without that or would have been a little lost without that. Um, yeah, overall, it was all right. Uh, the Doctor, in your recap, it felt like she didn't have anything or didn't have much to do and was benched for a lot of it. And she was benched for a lot of it, especially with the Master being the Doctor for a whole, a whole section. But the hologram bits were all uh, good ways of keeping her in the action. Uh, the various Doctors, you know, obviously they're all getting older, so even in the kind of weird immortal time space, mind palace sort of thing, that's just how they're going to be. And that's, that's fine. Uh, they were all nice, all entertaining. Um, I can't remember what I've seen that Peter Davidson in, but he looks, yeah, older and more like some I've seen him in. The uh, Sylvester McCoy, it's the first time I've seen him since those kind of five minutes of Doctor Who before Red Dwarf was on. So that was jarring, but, you know, charming and nice. And uh, yeah, Colin Baker looked pretty much as he did when I I met him at Gencon uh, UK years ago, uh, without having seen any of his any of his material, and uh, probably not winning him over by saying such to him. But um, but he was a lovely guy. So yeah, they were all nice. Um, the shock at the end was dealt with better than I thought it would be. Like, no matter what, both what you mentioned of it and what I'd heard on the grapevine beforehand felt like it'd be weird and a bit jarring. And knowing that some of that had to be filmed after the case because they didn't know whether it was getting picked up, totally understand that now. And yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. I'm still slightly worried that it's going to be an X-Men Gold style backslide of going, no, no, this is when it was popular. You like Ken. You like Russell P. Davies. We are giving you Ken. We are giving you Russell P. Davies. And the problem is it won't be exactly what it was when people were younger and happier and liked that. Um, my hope is that it's still going to be forward momentum. And, you know, yeah. he's a good actor. Russell T. Davies, I've got some issues with some of the things he's done, but overall is good. So... I'd say you're probably about right with uh um with your your doctor's rating, which we recorded this what a week ago, so I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, you were like what eight out of sixteen, ten out of sixteen. Yeah, eight, eight, eight out of sixteen. Eight out of 16. So yeah, it's about that. Um, I wanted to see more of the fugitive doctor. Uh, she was great fun, and um. Yeah, hopefully we'll see more of her going forwards. But overall, it was very much a solid 
episode that was there. You know, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't amazing or mind blowing. It did what it needed to do. And uh, it's, it's, it was better than some Doctor has been in a while, but still not up to like the high standard, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say out of 16, it was probably a Chibnall 12. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Although it's going to be a while, I assume, until it, the next. They might give you some time to actually watch some doc- some classic Doctor Who. I do have the last. I think I've got the back half of the third Doctor somewhere on a legitimate source. Honestly, a legitimately purchased from iTunes. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, yeah, one day I'll see Tom Baker, who I've been told would very much be my jam, Doctor Wise, but I've I've only I seen. Think one Tom Baker. I mean, I, I think you know. I'm sure there's a whole torrent of Doctor Who you have to find somewhere. I mean, some some might say I already have found that, um, and that, that, um, that great that torrent, torrent of Doctor took a long time as well, given how many doctors there are. Uh, it's just, yeah. yeah, one day I'll work my way through it. At this point, I feel it, it makes me feel more likely to read more of the Doctor Who role-playing game or to try the indie RPG by Black Armada called Madman with a Box. I do actually have a copy of the Doctor Who RPG at home. Um, have I played it? No. I did a series of it. Did a Christmas special as well. It was very good fun. They did not save Christmas. Uh, and they lost the TARDIS for a while during the Somme. Uh, good good players. Good work, players. Uh, this was years ago. This was a couple of Doctors ago. Oh. And some of my players still give one of the other players crap for losing the TARDIS, which was an ice cream van. Um. So yeah, these things happen. <laughs> but yes, well, uh, yeah. Other than that, I think overall for glowing reviewers, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, good work. It's, well it's, done. It's then. fine. I, I I think sometimes I think the the, the YouTuber Patrick H. Williams summed up best. Where sometimes we just have to be okay with saying stuff is just okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's very much it. It's okay. There we go. It's okay. Yeah, you can go about your lives now. Um, yeah, and if you liked this, we'll probably do similar bonus things either when something big happens to the Marvel's Merry Mutants or to the Doctor. Or Blake Seven. Oh God. I'm I'm not Stop. seeing it as a point now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to make it my point to drop in as many Blake 7 references as possible and this will keep going while both of us is dead And I, I think we've done it. I think we've actually managed to keep this under an hour. So on that note, I will 
play us out. Um, you can find me on Atman Miles on the Elon Musk run hellscape that is Twitter. You can also follow us on our Twitter feed at, at @casualtrekpod. Charlie, apart from a hill somewhere on the South Downs, where can people find you? Well, you can find my withered remains at charlie underscore en on the musk hell site let's all keep it as hellish as possible for him um and of the nats skyshark.itch.io uh for my comic and rpg supplement and uh i'm soon to be spamming most of my social media not only with daily uh updates on my marathon read through of x-men which started in august 2020 but also with I, some have quick, oh, go on. I have a quick question about it. how long ago did heroes return happened because there's been a bunch of annuals with crossovers with like the fantastic four and dr doom so how recent ago did the hero that did the heroes come back about three weeks in my read through. Three weeks, okay. About that. So that, yeah, <laughs> that, that that was that was noticed. That was uh, noted in your reread. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, Gene, and a bunch of others saw them uh, on the TV, and it was all tearful. And oh my god, the heroes are back. Um, not for well, the X Men were considered it's, heroes at any point in any it's, of that. It's 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 like good Jeff Johns. It's like uh, the Fantastic Four and the Avengers are back. Hope is return. Oh my! Yeah, uh, yeah. I know, I know. I mentioned, I mentioned Jeff Johns. Hang on a second. I must, I must experience beige. Thank you. I just like myself. Yeah, I hope yeah. honor is satisfied. Uh, yes, we're not getting to the point where we'll have to make you do a Doomsday Clock episode. Right. Okay. <laughs> on that note, fifteen counting. On that. On that note, um, have a jelly baby. No live long and prosper. This has all been Doctor Who, baby. Jelly babies all the way down. Jelly babies all the way down. You animal!